Hello, and welcome to the Make Money Mediating Podcast. I'm your host, Susan Guthrie, and I'm an attorney, mediator, trainer, keynote speaker, author, podcaster, social media influencer, technology junkie, consultant, and coach. And although I know that sounds like a lot, but what it really means to me is that I've found a way to make a living doing what I love and doing it in a way that lets me help others. So in this podcast, I want to share some tips and insights into helping you create the career that lights you up and pays your bills, whether that's as a mediator, attorney, collaborative professional, or really anything that you are passionate about. So I'll be chatting with some of the most successful and influential experts in all areas associated with building your practice, and I'll share my own thoughts and the lessons I've learned along the way. So come along on the journey with us and soon you'll have a practice that will let you make money mediating too. Hello and welcome to the Make Money Mediating Podcast. I'm Susan Guthrie, your host. And today we have a very, very special guest. My friend Ashley Nicole Russell is joining us. For those of you who don't know Ashley Nicole, and I suspect many of you do, but if you do not, she is the founder of not one, but three very successful collaborative law firms in North Carolina. She did this. I just want to drop this into everyone's idea. She created her first successful law firm right out of law school. All right. So right away, your head should be going, whoa, because it's completely antithetical to how most of us think you build a successful practice. We think you have to go work for someone else and learn. Nope, not Ashley Nicole. She popped out there. She started that first firm. She now has three and she's achieved success on on many, many levels. And I did want to point that out because I'm always talking about you know, the fact that this podcast is about achieving success as you define it. And I know Ashley Nicole, she's a friend and I know she defines it in many ways. And, and I think she's checked all those boxes, financial success, security, freedom. She is a new mom and has a wonderful husband and wants to have the time and the ability to enjoy those things and her mission. She is a passionate, passionate believer that divorce can be different for people. And in fact, that is a great part of her mission is to help create professionals who can deliver divorce differently. And we're going to talk more about that. But first, let me just say thank you to you, Ashley Nicole, out of your very busy day, you're taking the time to to meet with me and share your three pillars to a successful practice with my listeners. So thank you very much. I could cry. That was the sweetest, sweetest statement. I love you so much. And I am, my cup runneth over with everything that you have said. It is a big passion of mine. And I, you know, changing how divorce is handled in America does keep my fire burning bright to keep going. And I really am pumped to just to be able to talk to you about it today to kind of dispel some myths about whether or not a collaborative practice can be successful. Right. And, and, you know, I, this is something you and I are equally passionate about. I mean, this is a core value we both have, but under that, for all professionals who are listening, I want to really point out to them that these core pillars are, they may apply in your case to creating successful collaborative law firms, but these are the core pillars, I believe, 
to any successful service practice, whether you are a collaborative lawyer, a mediator, a therapist, or anyone who's providing services to other people, these three principles are going to be the, the, the foundation on which you can build those successful practices. And again, you've done it not once, not twice, but three times, and you've helped other professionals do it. And so that's why I'm just so thrilled that you're sharing these sort of draw back the curtain type of tips for people. But first, let's talk a little bit about your journey, because you know one of the things I've come to recognize in you and value deeply in your experience and your wisdom is that although you may not have come from a background where success was like implied or expected, you just, you just buckled down, figured it out at a really young age and got it done. And so if you could share a little bit about your journey, I, you know, I think that would be inspirational for listeners. Yes. Well, you know, I think people who are involved in the divorce arena are there from some sort of passion. And mine starts with being a child of divorce. And so my parents had a pretty terrible one, to say the least. And so I think I do think that sometimes that breeds really successful professionals because they really just throw themselves into the thing that they can control in their environment, which is school and their efforts in school. And so truly, School was my escape from my family, and I really kind of pushed into that. I knew that trying to be at the top of my class would get me somewhere. I didn't know where. You know, we were in the, very much so in the depths of the country, and I love, you know, where I grew up, but it was not a place of overwhelming success. And when my parents did divorce, you know, my mom and I went to a government-funded housing, and so it was definitely up from there that we moved. But I always really focused on just trying to be my absolute best. And I do think, you know, sometimes children of divorce try to be perfect because things are so overwhelmingly, you know, just uncontrollable around them. So they're trying their best to not affect one side or another. So I do think some of that played in. But at this point, you know, it's my overwhelming goal to change how divorce is handled in America. I've really seen through being an undergrad and being a certified district court mediator and then mediating different domestic issues while I was an undergrad and then moving to law school where I was in the Dispute Resolution Institute, I was just always around conflict resolution that actually worked. And I was like, oh my gosh, people can actually have a conflict and then resolve it. Uh, Mind-blowing. <laughs> Without and killing so, each other. Right. Yeah. I was like, Oh, my holidays are not ruined for six years. What do you mean? You know? And so I was like, wow, this is amazing. And I wanted to keep applying that. And I just was, I just kept being gravitated towards it because it kept, you know, being fruitful for my own life. Cause I was working, you know, I had to pay my way through school, the whole nine yards. And so I was, uh, you know, salary and undergrad as a mediator. And I was just that committed to this concept because it was just so drawing to me. And then when I went through law school, you know, I found collaborative and I was like, wow, what I was being taught in school about litigation, I could see where those tactics and those things led to my own childhood being a struggle, you know, like my parents not being allowed to talk to each other for a certain amount of time that then created this overwhelming abyss between the two of them that has, has never been and will never be rectified that, you know, ruined every graduation and 
everything in my life from that point forward. And so I could see where those things set the tone for my childhood. And then I saw in collaborative where people truly began the process the same way everybody else did in a way where they really hated each other. And then they ended the process somehow by just the miracle of how the process worked generally getting a level of respect for one another their children were unharmed by the process and i just saw this beautiful thing from all these internships and all of my time with mediation and collaborative and i just knew it had to be how i just lived my life from that point forward and when i started law school people were or when i finished law school and i got my law degree and i was like hey i'm starting a collaborative practice people were like you are so cute like pat you on the head you precious little thing. And like, that is not my personality. And I was like, what? No, you have no idea how this is not a hard sell. It has literally, it saves you money. It saves you emotional resources. It is good for humanity and society. It's going to fix a broken gener generations of fatherless generations. And also, you know, other problems that have happened within the family because of all this disrespect and disharmony. And I was like, this is the answer. And everybody was like, crickets. Crickets. Yes, I was just I was like, and that's doubly cute, isn't it, my dear? Yeah. And well, so, and but I was like, you know what? I'm going to do it. And I did it. And against all odds, now in retrospect, I'm like, yeah, that might have been a little bit crazy, like straight out of law school, day one of hanging my shingle, but it played out to be beautiful. And I think that it's because I followed something that wasn't about me, it was about something bigger. And I really believed in it even though other people didn't, because I just knew personally that it worked. And then I kind of figured out the business aspect around it as I played it out, you know? And so now I think that's the part that I want people to understand more is the business because people think, oh, it's a great idea, but you can't actually make money. You can't support a family. You can't. And that, you know, if we, if we were to change to where a lot of people practiced alternative dispute resolution and all, and families were overwhelmingly able to find out of court resources, the different landscape that would then build for generations is something I'm just truly invested in. Well, and it's so you know, I think there right there is the core of your success because you just defined it, right? You started, and I talk about this a lot on the show, from your why, right? Yeah. Why you wanted to be a collaborative practitioner, why you wanted to establish a collaborative firm. You're, you started with your why, but then you just said this, but then you identified the business, you honed in on the business aspects. And that for so many practitioners, whether again, it be collaborative mediation or any type of service industry, the business aspects are where people fall down. And that's where you know you have identified three pillars that are critical to success. And again, that's the success as you've achieved it, the success as anyone defines it. But these three pillars are really what, where you need to put your focus and time and where you put your focus and time right out of law school to establish that first successful firm. So let's, let's dive in on those and start with number one which is something that I have also, you know, I hone in a lot because I don't even know that people understand what we mean by this. It's a buzzword for marketing, but brand. Yes. 
It is, you know, I think brand really needs to be like a soulful type of response. You know, I think that's really the way that it needs to be felt instead of like just a business word or some format of an Instagram runoff. You know, it's not. It is actually like a very soulful way to talk about your passion for what it is that you're doing. So that can apply to a law firm. It can apply to a therapy office. It can apply to a paper towel sales, you know, it can apply to anything. And so, but it has to be, what is the purpose of what you're doing and how does that resonate within whoever created that business to give it its own identity? You know, in the court system, businesses are they're they're an identity. They're an actual entity separate from the people who run them. And so that's something I think that's interesting. And I try to like breathe life into that because it really is an extension of whoever the creator is, your business. And that brand is why did you put all the time and effort into that? It is like birthing a child. And so what was the purpose of it all? You know, and that has to be somewhere. So that's within brand. Marketing is another piece of that. It is how you're able to bring in clients and assure yourself that you're always going to have income. That's really kind of the base of marketing is to know if I pay X amount of dollars, I feel mostly confident that I'm going to go on month after month, year after year, being able to sustain an income. That's why people invest in marketing. And so what is the, who is your who is your target audience? How are those going to, people going to refresh to you? You know, what does that concept look like? That's a big, important piece of it. And then there's reputation, which is how those two things are extended. And then initial consults is a big piece of this. And it is, you know, an entire a part of what I want to talk about because it really bleeds through all of those and is one of the scariest things. And is it a very important thing for people who are practitioners around collaborative? And that's because you kind of can get get lost in an initial consult. You really do have to have a sales mentality around an initial consult, but that's uncomfortable for a lot of people because this is passion work. So how does that mentality then dovetail with what your own passion is for why you started the business and thus why someone's going to believe in you and invest in you and you invest in them? It's a two-way street. So that's a relationship that develops. So those, those concepts are very important in understanding how to have a successful business in a collaborative practice from the business standpoint, which is different than from the practice of law standpoint. I feel like the practice of law is kind of the front of the house and the running of the business is the back of the house. And that's where the behind the scenes, everything goes down. How have you built your infrastructure, you know, and, and the in-depths of that, the different levels of that, um, that's a lot of the recipe for success around having a collaborative practice. And I think that those intricacies are, you know, hidden a lot in the ideology of collaborative and people just think, oh, well, it's just this euphoric dream. But the reality is there's a formula behind it, just like there's a formula for certain restaurants in certain areas as to if they're going to work or if they are not. There's a certain formula for Starbucks as to whether or not they're going to come in and put a Starbucks. There's a certain formula for a hotel as if they're going to come in and put, are you going to have a Hilton or are you going to have a garden suites, you know, and what is the demographic that supports that? Every business industry has it. The practice of law does too. There's a huge human characteristic of the person practicing, but that is an amazing thing. That's not bad. And how you understand your business, knowing how those two things relate to each other and just the overall 10,000 foot, 50,000 foot view of your business is an important piece of it that I think a lot of attorneys, they don't naturally think about those things when they're having their own practice. And so it's about the passion of it, but it's also about the formula for business in the background. 
I think that's really important for people to understand. And I want to sort of break down a little bit of what you just said there, because I want to make Lots sure. Of information. Yeah, well, right. <laughs> and I want to make sure everybody sort of grasps the th- three pillars and, and then understands taking it further. Because I do think, you know, you've been talking about a law practice. And I do think that so many practitioners think that the core to a successful practice is being a good attorney, say, you know, if it's a law practice. And that's definitely a part of it. You certainly can't go out there and do a poor job at the at the core service that you supply. Right. But what you're identifying here are three pillars on the business side mm-hmm. that nobody learns in law school. You did I know you didn't learn them in law school. I know I didn't no. learn them in law school. And I guarantee to my lawyers out there listening or my mediators out there listening or my therapist, they didn't learn it in school unless they got a, a marketing or a business no, degree. I learned it by trial and error. <laughs> right. Well, but trial and error and and street smarts or, you know, whatever, you know, just instinct because you were, I mean, again, to be successful at such an early age and time in life, but so that you've, you've kind of identified the three as brand. And what I might say about brand, as you described it, is it incorporates your why right? Mm -hmm. Your brand grows out of your why. And so everybody, as you're sitting down and thinking about what your brand is, incorporate your why, just as you heard Ashley Nicole do that, incorporate your why into your branding. And then the other two pillars, marketing and reputation. Let's drill down on those for a second, because marketing, you, as you talked about it, right? It's the outreach to potential clients to keep, and here's my delicate way of saying it, everyone get butts in seats. Right. Because mm-hmm. if you don't have butts in your client seats, whatever mm-hmm. your clients look like, you could be the best lawyer, the best mediator, the best paper towel sell- salesperson. But if you don't have butts in the seats, it doesn't matter how good you are at what you do. So, what do you think? Some- and it's a confidence in knowing you're going to have those people there in the future. I think that's a huge piece of it that a lot of people, because at the end of the day, what an entrepreneur wants to get to is a place of peace in knowing that it's going to be okay next year and the year after and the year after. And what happens in business is that it goes like this, you know, the economy changes, everything changes. So unless you know your business, you don't have that peace and confidence. So I think that's the biggest part about marketing too, is just to add that on there. What would your tip be about the, you know, that cyclical aspect? How would people stay on top of that? Or what would your advice be? Analyze the numbers. You know how many people do not get a PL from their accountant or have one? Like, how do you not look at what you spend and what you bring in and not just think, oh, well, I spend about this much on payroll and about that much. You have no idea how much the little stuff adds up like hugely overwhelming, especially in an inflationary market like we're in right now. So to have like a feel for your business in the last two years, if you have had a business for two years and you were looking at, so let's say you're transitioning a law firm from one practice of law to another, then you can look at, okay, what did I do before? Who were the people that were here? What was I spending? What did I have? And you know exactly what's going down. And then you have a business plan for the years upcoming. Mm 
Or if you're just starting from leaving a firm and you're starting your business from scratch, looking at when I was at that firm, I had how many clients, how much did those clients pay? Let's just have an awareness of what the last three to five years of our life has started as. You know, so not many people are starting straight out of law school like I did with having literally never had any experience in practicing before. And so, you know, I think there's a baseline there. If you can look at that and analyze it, you can get a feel for the place that you live. You know about who the people are that are going to be able to afford certain services, what type of services they would be looking for, and then also analyzing national averages. So if someone wants to open a restaurant, they don't necessarily have owned a restaurant before. They generally look at the number of restaurants that are there, the number of people that eat out, what the average price per spend is in that area, what the yield is or the economic growth over the next X amount of time. You know, so there are numbers that are there, but people generally feel those numbers a lot. And if you really get in touch with that and get in touch with your brand and know why it is that you started the business that you're in, which in this case is either a law firm or, or some or a therapy practice or a financial practice like that, you know, you're able to understand how it is that you go from A to Z and then forecast in the future. And that being able to have the confidence around that because you have the knowledge is where it really starts. You know, if you think about like, it's like a hell's kitchen situation, the, he's coming in to really just be like, these are all the numbers that you've been missing. It's really not that. It's not rocket science at the end of the day, but people need an accountability partner. They need to think about it for the first time ever. It's easy to get caught in the weeds, you know, performing an amazing product, being there for people, creating amazing results, helping families get through the hardest time in their life. It's, there's not a lot of brain space left for all this other stuff. But if you think about it, you know, a few times a year intently, then you've really got it covered and you have that confidence moving forward. You make good marketing decisions because you know the audience that you have. And then you build your reputation for long-term success because you're able to deliver a quality product over and over in the same method. See, and you're making it sound simple. So simple. <laughs> but for, there's the genius part and there's the insider tips, right, everyone? Because for a lot of listeners, I bet they're thinking about the things that you just spoke about, perhaps for the very first time. Yeah. And, and, and that is something that I th believe in our industry of law, mediation, you know, service industry of in our particular space, that we just aren't given the tools to work with this. And one right. of the things I, I, you figured this out on your own. I know that, you know, and that's where your superpower has always been in that ability to see this, figure out how to get it done and get it done. There are people who work with people can help you set up these systems. In fact, you, yes. you do this with a very select few. I mean, you don't, you, you're off, off running three law firms of your own, et cetera, but you do work with clients helping them set this up, right? It is a big deal to me to help people who want to be entrepreneurs and especially people who want to be entrepreneurs in the space of collaborative, a huge deal because at the end of the day, my mission is to change how divorce is handled in America. That is my anthem. I know exactly what my purpose is. There's something amazing about being able to wake up and go to sleep every day and know exactly what my purpose is on this planet. And if I can help other people who want to be in a collaborative practice because they know the good it can do for their own soul and for the people that they're helping and they feel in line with that and they are very gravitated to seeing the wonderful effects that it has, the reality is it has wonderful effects. You know, they're 
what is happening in collaborative right now is truly amazing. IACP was nominated for a Nobel Peace Prize. That is literally huge at a, for something that a lot of people said, oh, you, you can't do collaborative. You're not even supposed to do that. You know, like at one right. point that was the reputation. And so it is amazing. And so if people want to do that and then be able to spread that tenfold, then me just handling one case, me being able to help an attorney or, you know, a mediator or a, a licensed therapist or a financial advisor to actually make that work for them and help that many more people. I am committed to that all day and twice on Sunday. <laughs> well, in fact, I love that twice on Sunday. In fact, one of the things that you and I have worked on jointly together is you have created as a yes. part of your mission and your plan is you have created a really affordable sort of, I'll call it an on-demand program for collaborative professionals who want to mirror your success, find the ability to create that successful collaborative practice. So let's just take for those out there who are listening, and, and I want to point out, this isn't, although it's directed this program to collaborative professionals, I very, very strongly believe that the core principles that we're talking about for collaborative practice are applicable to any type of service practice. But right. you have a three module on-demand program that is going to help people on the three pillars, right? On brand marketing and reputation and help them to build their collaborative practice so that they can, and, and here's the program name, delivering divorce differently, right? So that they can deliver divorce differently. So tell us a little bit about the genesis of the program and what you're a little more about what you're hoping to achieve. First of all, Susan is one of the most inspirational people in the world because she is just, you know, you heard my passions and my story and you really helped me identify this being something that I really wanted to do for people. And that is the amazing thing about you. So I want you to have a huge shout out because your work with me on delivering divorce differently has been it just feels so in line with my soul and so in line with my mission. And I'm really appreciative of your belief in me and so many others, because that is your reputation in general, is that you are a champion for people. And so thank you for that. And yes, we have worked on this wonderful product, Delivering Divorce Differently. And it is really beautiful and really cool. And it has been an amazing ride so far. And I'm really pumped for this to be, you know, something else that I can do as a part of my mission in order to change how divorce is handled in America. At the end of the day, it just really feels like, you know, collaborative has advanced so much. So instead of it just being me one-on-one -on -one with clients, changing my local area or my state, which I've worked very hard in to change, this feels like my countrywide, nationwide, global effort to really help. And I really am very excited about it. And I'm excited about the launch of it last week and the first set of, of attorneys and clients who are trying to deliver divorce differently. And, and, and it's exciting because you got, you went to the IACP conference. We were able, you were able to tell people that this was coming. And first, let me yes. say thank you so much for that kind shout out. It has been an incredible honor and delight to watch someone with your passion take a kernel of an idea and really in the space of two months, turn it around into what we, we both believe it is a a method for people to really change the face of divorce yes. worldwide. And that's one of the important parts about 
an on-demand program. So, you know, we're switching gears here a little bit, but for those of you who, I always believe everybody has something they can share mm -hmm. to help other people and helping other people is a core human value for, for most people that I work with. And what you've done is taken something that's a, a passion of yours and identified a way to tangibly give that gift to anyone in the world who wants it. I mean, there's a, there is a cost associated, but I really, you know, it costs money to be able to put something out there in this world, right? But the what you're being you're able to give people is something that can change not only their practice, but can change the face of divorce worldwide. And I do, I think that's important. And those, the, it all goes back to the three pillars and your other secret sauce ingredient. And I do want to mention that one of the things you really do a deep dive into, and you mentioned it earlier in this episode, and I think this is, is a, a good way to round things out for everyone, that initial consult or initial contact that we all have, it kind of brings your brand, your marketing, your reputation all into one place. And it's also a huge lost opportunity for a lot of Huge. professionals, right? So let's, Huge. let's talk about that a little bit because I know how important you think the initial consult is. Yes, it is. I mean, it just in saying that I bet it, over half the people listening to this were like, Oh, you know, like, I don't feel like I nail that all the time. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't feel like I'm selling. I'm worried about when I'm talking to people, if I'm saying the right things, I'm worried about, believing in collaborative enough or mediation enough to say, no, this is what you need to do. You know, like sometimes people feel like, should I, should I even be doing this? Should I just be saying litigation? You know, is this really going to work out? Cause they fear their own ability to produce collaborative results. And it's amazing to me because it is overwhelmingly successful. <laughs> and so right. actually um, you've never had a case fall out of collaborative, right? No, I've had never had a case that went to litigation that did not get its collaborative document done and go to litigation in the initial outset of it. So it has been an absolute wonderful experience watching people transform. And I do think that it is very successful, but it's about understanding. And I, I think I put this out in one of the emails is that it's the difference between Starbucks and the Chris, you know, that's just an example of it, but there's a totally different methodology to running a successful Starbucks and running a successful Ruth's Chris. And so if you're trying to do litigation and collaborative, that is a very hard thing. So to understand that methodology is really important. Initial consults play into that huge because what are you selling? You know, it's really difficult to understand between the scope of what all the products are. If you really believe in collaborative, how are you producing all of those products? And they all need to, you know, our job as an attorney is to tell our clients about everything that is available to them so that they can make an informed decision. And I think that's really a big piece of it. One thing I wanted to add about earlier is that it comes with the demand modules, but also I legitimately believe that any person can do what I have done and that they can decide tomorrow that they want to have this practice and that it can look exactly like what their goals are for it. Because I believe that strongly in drive when it is appropriately maintained and when it is appropriately groomed and furnished and all of that, if you appropriately address drive and you want it and someone comes looking for this, I believe anybody can do it. Anybody. Like I legitimately believe it is absolutely possible. And I think 
confidence is one of the biggest things that comes out of these modules and time with me is my ability to infect people with confidence. And I think that that is a big piece of this. <laughs> oh, infect people after two and a half years of COVID. I'm not sure in fact is the word we want to use. But think of, that's it. You're going to start a pandemic of success. Yes. That's what we're going for here, people. We're going to substitute Crawling in all success. over you like a bacteria. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> But, but I mean, it would be great if people were able to absorb that and exude it, you know, it is, it is a game changer and it just takes belief in self and that takes self-care and it takes, you know, just an understanding of all these things, lots of things to talk about, but all of it can be found in delivering divorce differently. <laughs> and, and I will make sure I'm going to have, obviously, as always, all the links to everything in the show notes. There's also a wonderful trailer that we've done, you did for the program that sort of gives a little video rundown on that. I'll link to that in the show notes as well. And, you know, all the rest of the information about how you can contact Ashley Nicole will be there. But if people wanted to reach out to you or find the program right now, what's the best way to do that, Ashley Nicole? DeliveringDivorceDifferently.com. <laughs> <laughs> it's out there. You can reach out to her. You can also contact her through DeliveringDivorceDifferently.com. And the direct a, email is DeliveringDivorceDifferently yeah. at gmail.com. And then, of course, you know, if you want to reach out, you, there's the contact form through the website. Ashley, Nicole, thank you so much for joining me today and sharing your three pillars to a successful practice. I know this will be an eye-opener for a lot of listeners, and thank you for creating a program that is going to help deliver divorce differently and change the face of divorce. You know how important that is to both of us. I so appreciate it. So thank you so much. Thank you so much. And I look forward to our continued work and success together. Thanks for listening in on this episode of the Make Money Mediating Podcast. I hope you got some great insights and tips on creating your dream practice. Join us every week on Thursdays for a new episode. And don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss anything. And if you're enjoying the podcast, here's a shameless ask. Please consider giving it a five-star rating and tell us in a review what you find most helpful. It's honestly the best way for others to find the show so that they can make money mediating too. I'll see you next week.